Peace and blessings. The Black Coffee Podcast. The Black Coffee Podcast. The Black Coffee Podcast. Yeah. The Black Coffee Podcast. Ah. So cool, you did this one, man. Yeah. Black cup. Black cup. Huh. Oh, power to the people. the people. Here we beat my fist. Twice the ball of what they call him. James Allen, Mr. Noah Six. Elevate the masses. Step in my objective. No, no quit. Through the pot, let's take a sip. They taking shots, we taking trips. Pilot vision, you and I a mission just to be specific. Got enough soul to not fly spirit. Got enough soul to keep y'all lifted. Follow my role and keep it spiritual. This be the ritual. Black my coffee, hold the cream. I check one, two, eight. Here we go. This is that windows down low. Turn me up. It don't matter what we talking, just as long as it's black coffee. Yeah. This is that windows down low. Turn me up. It don't matter what we talking, just as long as it's black coffee. Uh. This be that black coffee podcast. Black coffee podcast. Black coffee. Hey, hold the cream. This be that black coffee podcast. Black coffee podcast. Black coffee. Hey, hold the cream. Yeah. You and I world. Welcome to the Black Coffee Podcast. I am your host, James Allen. James Allen. The Black Coffee Podcast. Your safe haven for education and spiritual liberation. Hashtag power to the people. And long, and long live the ancestors. Live the ancestors. Hey, hold the cream. Aye. Hey, hold the cream. Hold the cream on the Black Coffee Podcast. I bring peace and blessings to listeners all over the world. Time is money, and you could have been doing anything else with it right now. But you are locked into the Black Coffee Podcast. And I just want you to know that I greatly appreciate that. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Goat Behavior Apparel. For those that create their own path to define their own greatness. Move different, behave different. So get your behavior right with GOAT Behavior Apparel. And that's at GOAT underscore behavior underscore apparel. And that's on IG. And once you go to IG, uh, you click his link and you will see his shopping store is wide open. They have a nice collection of clothing, T-shirts, um, and track wear too. In fact, I wouldn't try to get a track suit. It was sold out. So he's doing really, really good. So make sure you go check him out. And if you're driving in your car and you just didn't happen to get to write that down, you can always go to UNIA World and his clothing store. Well, clothing store and his clothing website is in my link tree as well. So get your behavior right with Goat Behavior Apparel. So cool. So cool. So cool. So cool. Good day, good sir. Day, good sir. day, sir. Good day, sir. So cool, we have reached episode, episode, 10. episode, episode, episode Wow. Come a long way. And still got a lot, a lot, a lot to do. A long way, and we still got a long way to go. We are just getting started. But one thing I am glad to know is that we are here to stay. And this show is built to last. I would like to note that since December. We have dropped eight episodes since December. And that has put us on the mark of two episodes per month, which is where I kind of want to be because we put a lot into these episodes. 
This is not something we just come up and just do and just throw something together. It's a lot of work that goes into this. A lot of stress too as well. Because <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I give so cool a lot of it. So we're doing great. Um, we're doing marvelous. I also want to give a shout out to the UK. We have a strong base out there. Um, thank you for listening. Thank to all the countries that are tuning in. Thank you for all the people who are tuning in. Thank you. Thank you. We will be not, we would not be anything without you. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, so cool, let's work. Episode 10, Colorism, the shade of my skin. When I was growing up so cool, I had to always prepare for the black jokes. I was constantly picked on because of my skin complexion, even by my own family members. Jokes like African booty scratcher and tar baby <laughs> was tough on me. I have never gone as far as to not loving myself, but I used to wonder why as a kid. Why did God make me so dark? Hmm. It wasn't until I got to college when that all changed. It was then I started to understand the history behind my glorious skin complexion. And for the first time in my life, girls actually complimented my complexion. It gave me the confidence that I had never had before. And I have been comfortable in my own skin ever since. I also now know that colorism has made colorism has made a lasting effect inside the black community as well. However, colorism plays on every single race in this melting pot we call America. For the white American, the lighter the Negro, the less dangerous. And for blacks, the lighter the Negro, the more accepted into white society, making it even harder to be a darker Negro in America in more ways than one. And research supports that. So today we will dissect that research in history of colorism and the role it plays on jobs and in relationships. Okay, so if we're going to talk about colorism, we have to talk about where its origin is from. And dating back to history, author Alice Walker coined the term colorism. And it was addressed in her Pulitzer Prize winning novel, The Color Purple. And colorism meaning prejudice or preferential treatment of the same race people of people based on solely the color of their skin. Now, if we're going to talk about colorism, we also have to bring in the idea of mulatto. And mulatto is someone who is white, who has one white and one black parent or someone who's Ancestors are also mixed with white 
and black as well. So we're going to mix in a little bit of that term mulatto because it's really, really key when you're talking about colorism here in America. Now, as we dissect all of this, uh, it was that moment when I was in college and I was going over some Marcus Garvey material and I ran across this quote. And it solidified my confidence in me because I'm a darker Negro. Um, so cool. And obviously, I want all black people Light, dark, light, dark, light, light. Doesn't matter. I want us all to come together. But it was this quote from Marcus Garvey that cemented it. That cemented it. And that is, the black skin is not a badge of shame, but rather a glorious symbol of national greatness. I'm going to read that one more time. So cool. The black skin is not a badge of shame, but rather a glorious symbol of national greatness. And if that is not ever so true, I don't know what it is. So today we're going to talk about colorism in three aspects, relationships, jobs, and in history And when I say history Meaning in Wars TV Hollywood We're going to dissect Those three aspects And it's going to veer off Into other topics as well Inside of colorism As well But we're going to start When I was doing my um, uh, uh Arrangement of how we're going to arrange the show So cool I said okay well what are the people Going to want to hear first You know you always start with the history of things James So today I'm going to start with Colorism and relationships And this one is Really Dear to me Because I struggled with this Twofold Um me being a darker Negro, being picked on by males and females, shaped how I viewed colorism long before I started even dating or knew what a true friendship was. So, as I got to college, I found that my skin complexion was more accepted. It was more hip, so to say. The dark skin thing was in. So now, if you take that same concept into content, I hear lighter skinned people being called waffle color. And in fact, so cool, I was on Facebook one time and um, one of this, one of these guys... Uh, we went to college when he was saying something, you know, he's, he's one of those uh, ranters on Facebook. And he said something about a waffle color Negro and someone who's lighter complexion chimed in and he was really upset. And I could tell he was upset, even though he was trying not to sound upset, upset. But you know how you can read through what, what people are saying and kind of just feel their energy. 
So at the same on the same token, is if dark skin is in, that means light skin is apparently out. So is that colorism? Is that discrimination? Do I like the same thing that was happening to me when I was growing up? Is that fair, James? Hmm. Well, do we date according to skin complexion? Now, for me, I have fell in love, I would say, with at least two dark skin. I know off the back, two darker females that I have been totally in love with in my time of dating here in my 39 years on this world, in this world, excuse me. And the reason we're not together has nothing to do with their skin complexion. In fact, they are all both beautiful women. I would like to say, I would go even far as say I missed out. But growing up so cool, I always felt like the better fit for me would be a lighter skin tone female. And that come from people picking on me. Oh, James, see that girl right there? If you be with her, y'all baby gonna come out looking like a like some oil. Ha ha People falling around laughing at me. And it used to hurt me. It used to hurt me. So it it kind of steered the way I dated. Now, I will say this. There are a lot of men that love or prefer darker women. I found that out later on in my career as well. My mentor. Uh, I don't know if I should be well, it's a him. He prefers chocolate women. I know one of my frat brothers. He prefers darker women. He love them. My sister is a dark, beautiful Woman. Now I don't know if we talk like that around each other. <laughs> Cause she's probably one of the reasons why, even though she's my little sister. She's probably one of the reasons why I feel this way about colorism, but she don't mean nothing by it. She has that thing going so cool where I can say it, but you can't. Okay. But I listen to guys, and this is one thing I did not play. You you know this so cool one time, I think you just asked me a question. You remember? You laughing. You asked me, don't just to go to Felver State. And I, my whole boy, I was ready to go in. I'm like, yo, what, what you mean? I thought you had done went down to Felver State, traveling with the frat, and they talked to my sister. Boy, I'm trying to tell you, Salisbury was not going to be big enough for the both of us after that. Hey, I don't play that. Hey, you remember that, don't you, man? I was so mad. You like, what, dog? And then you start laughing at me. But I'm saying all this to say. <laughs> it's not funny, man. I really, I don't, that nasty joke. Anyway, I listen to guys say all the time that my sister is beautiful and she's dark, but I did not play that. I didn't want to hear that. You my friends, you don't talk to my sister. That was, that was one of my rules. 
and I stood strong on that. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, so darker women definitely have a place um, here on this land. When it comes to dating, well, now I do have some data that's gonna that's gonna refute that coming up later. But at the same time. And it may be far from in between. And then the thing about it is so cool. Colorism is one of the things that's really not talked about all the time. So I think some people may feel a certain way when it comes to different aspects of colorism, but I'm not talking about it. Sort of say. Now, one more quick story before we go ahead and get into some data. I, uh, I brought a lighter skin tone Girl home one time It was my first My first year out of high school I went to this technical school for a semester And it was this lighter tone Female Suge my Me and Suge Me and Suge We done been every school together Suge Noah Suge no What up Suge I know he's listening And uh She was really light So cool She was really really light And I brought her home She was a really nice girl She was a really nice female Brought her home. My mother met her, and my she my mother just did not like this girl. I don't know what it was. She did not like her. Well, I do know what it was because after after the, after the music stopped, she told me she's too light for you. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's too light for me. She's too light for you. So does that take on the conversation? You think you're all that because you're light skin. Well, that's colorism. So we're going to talk about that. But yeah, I, I, I kind of like that girl, but my mother didn't like her. And you know, if your mother don't like her, it's just, it, at that time in your life, early 2000s, uh, just wasn't a good look. Even sorority. Now, I have to do, now, AKAs, now you, you tell me, is this, did they really do that? So cool. Did they really hold the bags up to the AKAs? And if you didn't fit the complexion, I that, that this is you know, I'm not gonna speak for nobody else's organization, but you know, colorism plays a part, or may have played a part in this. But let's get into some details. I was looking, uh. For some research to either back or refute these claims. So cool. And I was looking and I found Dr. Derek Hamilton, and he's a professor at Ohio State. And what makes him kind of unique, because I was doing research on two different topics, but the same was about colorism, and his name came up in both research projects, and I was really impressed by that. So uh, he did a multi-study in 2003 of urban equality to identify why so many dark-skinned women who date men remain back bachelorettes. It was designed to show the imbalance of eligible black males that affects the marriage market. Well, the results, 55% of light-skinned women were married and 23 percent of the darker women were married. So you have a higher percent, basically in his research, you had a higher percentage of being married 
if you were a lighter tone woman. And goes to show what I just got finished talking about. That's what I thought. That I would have to have to have a decent looking family because people told me that I was going to shoot out tar. So, also found some research so cool about, now this doesn't deal with color, it does deal with colorism, so to say, but it kind of brings it all into perspective. And I was nervous when I seen this one because this one tells about which man or female do different races prefer. And it was shocking, but not shocking. So let's go to Asian men. Asian men prefer Asian women the most by 15%. And this is out of black women, white women, and Latino women. Asian, black, Latino, and white. That's the data we're working with right now. Asian men prefer Asian women 15% more than Latino, white, and black. So Asian men prefer Asian women. Okay. Latino men prefer Latino women more, well, 10% more than any other race. Black, white, or Asian. Now, here's where I already kind of knew this because if you're a historian, you know that white men hate their women. And I, I hate to say that like that, and I shouldn't say the word hate. But they have a dislike for their women, and history shows it. And that's why the you, you will find some black women who carry a different, a different feminist movement with them because they understand the history of feminists within the black community and how it differs from the white community. But getting back to the data, white men prefers Asian women more. This is by the data that was done at Ohio State. White men prefers Asian women more at 9%. Okay, black men prefer Asian women at 2%. Black and Latino at 2%. Now, it was a tie between black women and Latino women that black men preferred the most. So cool. Do you know? Do you know how? Bad, I was wanting that to either be more of a more of a percentage, a better percentage. I, I I would like to see in this in this set of research, black men prefers black women more than any other race, of course. But to know that it doesn't prefer other races more, and is a tie between that and Latino, between black and Latino, was a little comforting, but. Eh, Took with a grain of salt, but I was nervous because honestly, and it's just that's just if you listen to the podcast, you, you understand my stance on mixed racing, and um, I think a lot of data shows that a lot of things going on right now to this very day. Tom Hanks' son, 
that shows the reason why I just disagree with that. And it would have sent me through the roof if I would have read a piece of data that said black men prefers white men, well, excuse me, white women more than any other race. Now, when it comes to the women category, all of the women prefer their race at the most. Period. That's just it. Asian women prefer Asian men the most. Black women prefer black men the most. I was happy about that. Latino women. Now, Asian women had the highest reject rejection rate to black men at 27%. Means and it was negative 27%. Means an Asian woman, according to this research, an Asian woman will never, just about never approach a black man, according to this research. Okay, so that was that was really, really daunting, sort of say, I guess. Um, so cool. I know a lot of guys. That don't even know how to function In the black crowd I've been around some guys That did not know how to act Around a black crowd I asked my friend I said what's wrong with him He said man too many black people Man he used to talking to white girls man. Now love is love I got it Whatever I, I get it but I know a lot of guys that prefer that more. Now, why are you bringing that up, James? Because do colorism play a part in that a little bit? Mm. Do the mulattoes wish that they were white instead of black? Mm. We'll get to that. So cool. Have you ever seen that video? It's a video that's been surfaced for so long. It's when the black little girl, the teacher asks us which doll is the prettiest, and she points to the white doll. You've seen that video. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the listeners have as well. If you haven't, I'm pretty sure it's all over YouTube. Tune into it and just look at it. Even the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on his way out, the conscious Martin said that everything, why everything pure and great has to be white and everything bad has to be black. And we're going to talk about that. And before we jump into the next topic, I do want to talk about, now this don't have anything to do with colorism, but it shows where we should be going when it comes to our people and making our people feel great about themselves, period. Uh, I know a female and she, her daughter came home and said, I don't feel pretty, mommy, because my hair is not straight as my friends at school. And obviously she go to school with Caucasian girls. And this particular woman looked me dead in my eyes before and told me I will never go natural with my hair. I love it. I love my hair being straight. I love it. I've just never done it. It's not me. 
So it surprised me one time when she called me and said, I'm going completely natural and I ain't looking back. And she hasn't. And I said, why? She said, well, my daughter came home and told me what I just told y'all. I don't feel pretty because my hair is not straight. And then she looked at, she said, well, mommy, your hair is straight. Like, you know, your hair straight. Everybody hair straight. So, you know, why? What's going on with that? She went natural. She showed her daughter. She said, okay, I can't, I have to show my daughter that she is beautiful within her own skin and with, and, and, and her pride and her heritage. And she led the way, which was bold with her own. Um, it doesn't have to do anything with that does not have anything to do with colorism per se, but it's a great example of leading the way and showing the youth that your heritage comes before anything that colorism could possibly destroy. Coming up after the break, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about colorism on the job here on the Black Coffee Podcast. And I am your host, Jane, 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 Allen. Welcome back to the Black Coffee Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, James, James Allen. James, James. All right, like I said on the other side, we're going to talk about colorism, colorism on colorism. the job. This one, so cool, relates to me. I was going to work a summer camp while I was working summer camp in Charlotte when I first got there in 2008. And <clears throat> I was going to an interview in South Charlotte. If you know anything about Charlotte, South Charlotte is where the quote-unquote Caucasians or white America or rich part of Charlotte is. And I went down there for an interview. That's before I had made up in my mind that I was just not going to work anywhere but black kids. I was still a little open. Went down there and the white woman looked me dead in my face and she said, it's nice to put a resume, excuse me, a face with the resume. And from then on, the interview went totally south. Now, is it because I was black? Or is it because I was dark black? I looked around at some of the other workers that were working at the establishment and they were all black. Well, I ain't gonna say all black. A lot of them were black. It was a good mixture. None of them was my complexion. I know my name, James Allen, and the way I word things on my resume, humbly speaking, I thank God looks very enticing. Do you know I'm black? If you don't speak to me, hmm. I know she definitely said that. But beyond that, doing research, people actually make more money because of colorism or, or won't even get hired at all because of colorism. And real quick, so cool, this is why I say that we need to create opportunities for our own people. 
I'm proud to sit here and say, um, ladies and gentlemen, I work at a charter school and our charter school, we have 823 students this year. And that was the number that started at the, at the start of school year. That was, the, that was our number. We have only lost two students since the start of the year. And this is during a, plan, a pandemic and most of the instruction has been online. And I bring this up because my school is totally African-American. From the principal, from the executive director, all the way on down. And it looks and it feels like an African-American establishment. And that's why I love working there. So it's great, will be great, when we start creating more opportunities <clears throat> for ourselves. So we won't have to deal with colorism. But we have to fight each other when it comes to colorism as well inside of the black community. And we're going to talk about that more later on this podcast. But getting back to some data. <clears throat> but getting back to some data. Excuse me. Ladies and gentlemen. I found Dr. Harrison, who was a professor at UGA. And he did a study on findings of black males getting hired, particularly by their skin tone. Particularly by their skin tone. Okay? It was, the, it was a, 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 a diverse findings in a study that they did and they found that light-skinned black males can have only a bachelor's degree and the typical working experience, with the typical working experience, excuse me, and still be preferred over a dark-skinned black male with an MBA and past managerial positions. Which, which clearly means... For some reason And it's, it's just not You just can't deny it The darker the Negro Is more Intimidating It just is This study was done With 240 undergraduate students At UGA And they were given theatrical Resumes With pictures on them Okay So they were resumes for uh, theoretical, it was theoretical record resumes, and they had pictures on them for the light skinned males with just bachelor's degrees. The average rating, and these were all uh, white students that participated in this, and the average rating was five point three that they would not. Hire, excuse me, that they would hire someone that was lighter with less qualifications. Five on a scale from one to ten, five point three. And for the dark skinned male with an MBA with a master's degree, the average rating was a four point five on a scale of one to ten. Clearly showing 
that the darker the African-American. Clearly, the darker. We're not even talking about just black. We're talking about skin tone, colorism. Ladies and gentlemen, money is power. And black is power as well. Large gatherings of empowering of not only black people, but dark, dark black people is a scary situation for the white man. We are the fruits, the original fruits of the harvest. And they know that. And that darker complexion walking around them is always a clear reminder of that. More studies with our man Derek Hamilton and other researchers did a paper to develop and they tested a theory which is was as their preference for whiteness, which predicts that the interracial white-black or interracial wage gap widens as the skin shade of the black worker darkens. Using data drawn from a multi-city study of urban inequality and national survey of black Americans, they reported evidence largely consistent with the theory that moreover, they composes the estimate interracial and other interracial wages gaps go down. The darker you are. It was found that favorable treatment of the lighter skinned workers is a major source of interracial wage differences. So, let's talk about that. So, why is that? Why is that? Uh, now, again, this don't have anything to do with colorism, and I might have told this story in a previous podcast, and I think I did. Uh, so cool, you probably remember the story. It was about a, a, a white man and my dad. And my dad actually made more money than this man, and it was in a, a grocery store. Oh, no, in a, in, in a convenience store. Not a convenience store, excuse me, a fast, a fast food place. And he looked around and he saw a whole bunch of other white men and he told my dad, hey, Lee, I'll pay for your food. My dad said, oh, I knew what it was. He let him pay for his food. But getting back to the point of what I'm trying to say, you can't have the darkest man on the plantation with the most money. (laughs) You just can't. Well, at least in the, the the data shows that you just can't. I mean, and, and it just is no way of even trying to. A lot of this stuff you just can't deny it. So why is that true? You can only point to black power. Now, colonizers has long manipulated the skin color complexion theory to appease other whites. Let me say that one more time. Colonizers has long manipulated the skin color complexion theory to appease other whites. The lighter the Negro makes it easier for whites to digest. The bold 
dark, chocolate man, or female for that matter, with the most money on the plantation, and when I say plantation, I mean jobs, is a disrespect to white supremacy in some people's eyes. Now, Barack Obama, let's talk about it. Why not? We will be lying to ourselves if colorism didn't play a part in Barack Obama being accepted by white America. Even past the half white thing. Past the half white thing. Um, even during his campaign to become president, when they was throwing mud on him, they would darken, they would darken his pictures. That is this is a fact. Yeah. 2008 presidential election campaign, a study found darker images of then Senator Obama were more frequent in negative ads against him. Hmm. Why is so? Let's ask ourselves that. Why is so? Well, let's 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 go there for a second. And I'm gonna ask you this question, so cool. And I need you to give me an honest answer. Do you think mixed people, some mixed people, wish they was all the way white? Because they don't like the way Or they don't want to be treated As poorly as blacks are treated So that makes them Not like the black race even more Can that happen? Is that true? We walk around all the time Oh she thinks she's good She thinks she's better than somebody Because she likes she light skin I was talking to someone so cool on the way over here before I got here. And uh, I was talking to him about the podcast and I just dropped the question on him. And uh, I said, hey, man, you know, what do you think about this, 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 this colorism thing? And he said to me, absolutely, I think it's true. I absolutely think it's true. Uh, he went as far as, as to say that he actually thought he was ugly at one point because of his pictures were always dark. Because of his pictures were always dark. Now, does that make you hate yourself? No. Uh, I said at the top of the show, um, I did ask, I used to ask God all the time, you know, why they make me so dark. But it had nothing to do with my job, though. I, I wasn't, I wasn't that, uh, it, it wasn't nothing 
that serious. Had nothing to do with my job or me on, on a job per se. Uh, but I do believe that some people, and this is another thing that the guy was talking to me about, I do believe that some people can hate their own just a little bit because they don't really want to identify with it. Do you believe that to be true? You got to believe it. To a certain extent, you just got to believe it. Uh, you know, and I say this all the time. Anytime you're pro one thing, you're kind of, you know, anti the other. So, you know, it, if you want to be something that you're not, you're going to hate what you already are. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. That is a that is a discussion that needs to be had. But you know, especially especially when you're talking about TV, we talk about TV. Uh, you know, <laughs> it almost got to be somebody black and white. Now, this colorism. Hmm. Got to be somebody black and white on it. So, 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 is it fair to say that the world, the world realized that color plays a, a major part in how it's received via television, via internet? So yeah, so yeah, definitely. When it comes to your job, now I know of. Uh, <laughs> I say all the time, you know, it, women need to be in the front, so cool. Women should be in the front. No matter what kind of business you got, women should be in the front. Why? Because that's just that's just what it is. That just women just need to be in the front. But now some people feel that it should be lighter tone women. To be at the front of us of different establishments, because it's more appealing. Now, I like to say that this black girl, black girl magic, black girl rock—you know—all of these these new movements has opened up the eyes of different aspects when it comes to colorism, when it comes to darkness. Okay. You see a lot of more. You see a lot more dark actors, a lot more dark models. It sure didn't used to be like that, but you see it these days. So, are we turning a corner when it comes to television and colorism? Hmm. Hmm. We'll see. Maybe. But. Until I see someone just as dark as Khalid Muhammad walking around the White House, <laughs> I'm not going to believe that colorism has gone anywhere. And in fact, I don't believe colorism is going nowhere. I think it's one of the most unspoken things here in this America's. Coming up on the last segment, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about the history of colorisms. Excuse me, of colorism. 
and how it has affected even revolutions, even black revolutionary wars. Colorism has affected that. We're going to talk about that and more here on the Black Coffee Podcast. And I am your host, James. Welcome back to the Black Coffee Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, James Allen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the last segment of this podcast. Colorism. The shade of my skin. And in this segment, we're going to talk about the history of colorism. And how it's had made a great effect in different aspects of the African-American, well, I wouldn't say African-American. Well, African-American, of course, but in different revolutionaries that was upon us before. And in particularly, I'm talking about the Haitian Revolution. Now, the Haitian Revolution is one of the most uh, potent revolutionaries uh, in history because it was the first time that the in Haiti, that they fought off the white man. They fought off the white man for freedom of their own country. Okay? They finally got rid of the French. But during the era of, the colonial era of the French establishment, they implemented a three-tier social structure. Now, I want you to get what I mean by this. It's three-tier. And one of the tiers were Grand Blanks, which was white elites. Okay? That was at the top. And then, of course, you had the bat, the black slaves at the bottom. And in between them, you had the groups were freedmen. And these were People, men of mulatto descendants. And mulatto meaning black and white. So three tiers. You got three tiers, okay? Now, this made it very, very hard for blacks to totally get their dependent, independence from the French because they had to fight off not only the French, but they had to fight off those elite, those white elites from the top of the tier social structure that the French had implemented and as well as the mulattoes. And the reason why the mulattoes getting, I don't want to say getting rid of them, but getting that aspect out of the way was important because they couldn't move forward because it was always a mulatto or a group of mulattoes that did not go with the idea of a revolution. Why? Because they was already living good. Why, why do we have to, why do we, why, why do we have to, we don't have to get ourselves out of no condition. So why are we going to support this? I was already free. There again, Adding that structure of colorism 
Okay? The lighter you are, white, you was an elite. The lighter you are, the more privileged you were. Now, I don't want to sit here and make this seem like it's a white-black thing. Because definitely this has an effect inside of black families as well. One of the greatest, uh, how should I say this, downfalls of colorism inside of black community, especially the black community I grew up in, is us against each other. Now we can blame it on slave masters or whoever wanted to, the, you know, drink the Kool-Aid and be close to the Kool-Aid. We, we can blame it on all that. But at the end of the day, we have to take responsibility for our own selves. And I will say that. We have to take responsibility for our own selves. I am not going to say and act like I don't know of parents that treat their lighter kids better than their darker kids. Now, are they mad? Because... They had a baby with a darker man. They had a baby with a lighter man with these kids. And they don't particularly like him. Whether it's his color or not, they don't particularly like that, that darker baby father. But it's true. And, you know, I gave my mother a shout out. We talked about the history of colorism. And I gave my mother a shout out at the start of the show because she brought this hat for me. That I'm wearing right now And I I must say I, I can go ahead and say it, it, It's Mother's Day here on the Black Coffee Podcast Because if there was one person That always encouraged me When I was growing up And always told me You're a fine looking boy You're a fine looking boy You're a fine looking girl And now boy <laughs> So cool she, she kept that Vaseline greased up on me too Shellacked all on my face That's why I was so dark couldn't stand for the summertime to come around. Because I knew I was walking around with all that Vaseline on my face. So I do want to take this time out, and I know it's random to give my mother a shout out for being there for me when it came to my uh, indifference or me trying to find myself because I was so darker. Than everybody else And I just didn't like it when the jokes came around So yeah That made it hard Made it hard for the Haitians But they they eventually overcame Okay The urban elites was an exclusive group of mulattoes One skin complexion determined one's individual social capital Plain and simple Your complexion determined your capital Okay. All right, now let's talk about it in TV real quick. Now, based on American media, an outsider can rightfully assume that the majority of black women in this country are light skinned. Now, if you looked on TV so cool, I think you re- I think that's true. You will see that. Which is not the case. Despite the rise of diversity on films. Many black girls are not still seeing many actors who look like them on screen, them meaning a darker tone. And this actress Zendaya, she actually admitted, openly admitted, 
And I quote, I have a bit of privilege compared to her darker sisters and brothers in her acting career during, due, uh, due to having light skin. I think that's self-explanatory, though. I really do. So, yes, America has come a long way, depending on who you're talking to, when it comes to color and knowing that a black and white man or a black and white woman has to be on things to give it balance. But colorism, the shade of your skin, that colorism will never go away. Thank you for tuning into the Black Coffee Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I have enjoyed you. I hope you've enjoyed me. Till next time, I am your host, James Al. The Black Coffee Podcast. Ah. So cool, you did this for me. Yeah. Black cup. Black cup. Huh. Power to the people. Here we beat my fist. Twice the ball of what they call him. James Allen, Mr. No Assist. Elevate the masses. Step in my objective. No, no quiz. Through the pot, let's take a sip. They taking shots, we taking trips. Pilot vision, you and I a mission just to be specific. Got enough soul to not fly spirit. Got enough soul to keep y'all lifted. Follow my role and keep it spiritual. This be the ritual. Black my coffee, hold the cream. I check one, two, eight. Here we go. This is that windows down low. Turn me up. It don't matter what we talking, just as long as it's black coffee. Yeah. This is that windows down low. Turn me up. It don't matter what we talking, just as long as it's black coffee. Uh. This be that black coffee podcast. Black coffee podcast. Black coffee. Hey, hold the.